We're going to continue with compassion practice this afternoon and bring in the element of equanimity. This is from Sharon Salzberg's book, Loving Kindness. Equanimity is likened to the way parents feel when their children become adults. The parents have nurtured, have given so much care, have been loving, and then at some point they have to let go. They don't do so with a cold feeling of withdrawal. They don't throw the adult child out of the house saying, well, it's been nice, but we don't really need each other anymore. Equanimity has all the warmth and love of the previous states, but it, hel- but it also has balance, wisdom, and the understanding that things are the way they are, and that we cannot ultimately control someone else's happiness and unhappiness. The understanding constitutes the words we recite in equanimity meditation. All beings are owners of their karma. Their happiness and unhappiness depend on their actions, not my wishes for them. This does not mean that we do not care. We do and we should care. We choose to open our hearts and to offer as much love, compassion, and rejoicing as we possibly can. And we also let go of the results. The example might be given of a friend who is engaged in extremely self-destructive behaviors. We wish them wholeheartedly with great intensity that they be free of their suffering, that they be happy. But in the end, we have to recognize where the boundaries actually are, what our responsibility really is and where the source of happiness truly lies. If that friend does not change their behavior, they will suffer no matter how long and ardently we wish otherwise. Still, we continue to offer them metta and compassion, but we do this with the wisdom and acceptance that they are ultimately responsible for their own actions. We're sitting comfortably. And again, with the compassion practice, we generally bring to mind somebody whose suffering is real, easy to remember and connect with. Take the time to bring this person to mind, the situation to mind. And you can feel your heart center as you bring it to mind. I care about your suffering. But I understand that your happiness and unhappiness depend on your actions and so many causes and conditions, not my wishes. But still I wish for you ease. May wisdom and love protect you always. I care about the fear, the discomfort. I care about your suffering. But I understand that your happiness and unhappiness 
depend on your actions and many causes and conditions, not my wishes. But still I care. May your heart be at ease. May you live in comfort. And may wisdom and love protect you always. Just continue on your own. Experiment with the phrases. Shorten them. Make it feel resonant so you're connecting, moving close, being with this person, being with the difficulty in their life. Noticing how the equanimity allows the heart to be close, to really love, to care, to wish well.
finding a rhythm that feels just right, easy to maintain, not in, an, in a hurry for it to end. As we reflect on this person and their suffering and practice being close, practice seeing the beauty and wholesomeness of compassion. And you can continue working with this initial person, but when you're ready, practice sending the compassion wishes to yourself. I care about this life. I care about the suffering, the uncertainty, the pain in this heart. Still, I understand that the Happiness and unhappiness of this heart depend on many causes and conditions, including my actions, my intentional actions. Still, I do care about this heart, this life. May this heart be protected. May love and wisdom protect me always. And may I live with ease, be at ease with these circumstances of my life.
I care about this heart. I care about all the uncertainty and difficulty here in this life. And I understand that the way that it unfolds depends on many causes and conditions and my intentional actions but still I care about this life. May wisdom and love protect this heart, this life always. May this heart be at ease with these conditions. I care about this life. And feel free to bring a dear friend or a family member to mind to see which person seems to want to come to mind. Bring to mind that they are also a suffering being. They have their own particular share of difficulty now in their life. I care about your life, all the pain, all the uncertainty all the difficulty. I care about your heart. May wisdom and love protect you always. May you be at ease with these conditions now. And may I also remember that your happiness and unhappiness depend on your actions, and so many causes and conditions. But still, 
I care about your life. May you be at ease. And if it feels appropriate, you can even bring to mind neutral or even difficult people in your life. And you might find that the heart cares about their suffering too, even if you don't know the person well or have had a challenging, difficult relationship with the person. I know what it is to suffer, to be uncertain, to feel the pain of loss, and insecurity. And I care about your suffering. I understand that your happiness and unhappiness depend upon your actions and so many other causes and conditions. Still, I wish you great ease in your life with things as they are. May wisdom and love protect you always.
And as we bring to mind all beings, happy beings, suffering beings, just the sense that it is possible for human beings to set in motion the causes for happiness through wise action, wise intentions, the intention of forgiveness and patience, the intention to be mindful, wise. I care about all living beings. I care about the suffering, the difficulty, and I care about all the joy and happiness. Understanding that everybody's happiness and unhappiness arise due to causes and conditions. <coughs> In particular, arise due to their intentional actions. Still, I have these beautiful wishes. May all beings be free from suffering and free from the causes of suffering. May wisdom and love protect all beings. May we all live at ease in the world. May we all be free from suffering and free from the causes of suffering. May we be at ease. people wrote questions about loving-kindness, compassion practice. One person asked, I understand that loving-kindness and compassion practices as a means of softening and opening our own hearts. Are these practices also known to have an impact on others that we bring to mind? Well, there seems to be some evidence to suggest that it does benefit hard to imagine how it would be hurtful to be sending out our good wishes to another. And it is easy to imagine how it might be helpful. You know, this whole idea of separation and boundaries and distance, these are concepts in the mind. We live with these morphic fields that we don't quite understand, can't be quite measured that seem to be, have some reality. So the real answer to the question is, it is skillful to assume that it is beneficial, not just to your own heart. That we know with certainty, right? When we do these phrases, like now, having done it, there, there can be 
no doubt in the mind that this is a good thing to do. I can see directly how this 30 minutes of practice has benefited this mind, this heart. And I think it is skillful to have a sense, to hold the sense that and some way it's useful or beneficial for others that are receiving it. And then uh, they ask, it also seems useful for us to open to any attachment or hindrances that come along, that come up as we do the practice. Yes and no. It's okay. It's not wrong to drop the compassion practice and to look at the resistance that might have come up in the mind or some judgment or sense of not being good enough to have compassion or whatever it is that would be seen as a defilement or a hindrance. But it's also okay just to plow forward with the compassion phrases and just let whatever the resistance or hindrance is, just let it be there in the background. But just keep remembering, I do care about you. I care about your suffering. So as long as the heart can connect with that thread, then just keep doing it. And don't realize if there are other kinds of monsters about. Just let them be about and stay focused on what is clearly wholesome and good and just digging in there with it. In this way, um, the compassion phrases, the love and kindness phrases, it's a concentration practice. So we're really using it as an exclusive object of meditative work. And in that sense, we're not picking up other themes, other meditation themes, like looking at a hindrance, which we would do, of course, in a blank if we were doing Vipassana practice. As soon as something strong came up, that would be the practice. That would just become the practice. So part of the answer to the question depends on how you're using the loving-kindness practice. If you're really using it to gather the mind and to protect the mind as an exclusive training for your mind for that time, then in, as best you can, just use it in that way. Only You would only leave the compassion or the loving-kindness practice if, for whatever reason, you couldn't continue. Whatever it is that arose made it impossible to continue with the practice in a productive way. And then, just a quick response. Someone wrote, regarding the loving-kindness and compassion practice, I don't feel it. No emotion, no authentic response, even with the easy person. The exercise feels contrived or false, like I'm using them, they're suffering to invoke a response inside of me. I end up feeling guilty. What am I missing? Well, I think the key is that we have to have a sense that the whole intention to do the practice is coming out of a basic recognition of the heart's goodwill or goodness. It's like we're not trying to get anything, actually, although it does, like I said a few moments ago, it does feel good and feel right to do it. But that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it as a gift. So what we're doing is we're bringing ourselves or somebody to mind in order to demonstrate or in order to manifest this natural capacity of the heart to be generous, to be generous with our love or to be generous with our compassion. So we're giving something away. It's not about getting something from the practice, it's about giving something away. So 
what you have to do is you have to find that part of the heart that's willing to give something away to yourself or to some other person or some other being or to all beings that you actually authentically are okay about giving something away, giving away your good wish because you care, because you feel good about them, you rejoice in their happiness or whatever that way in to this natural generosity of the heart, the heart that naturally wells up with goodness. And what are you going to do with all that goodness? Well, you, it's like it's designed to give away. It wouldn't make sense to hold on. There's no space for it. You have to give it away. When you find it, you realize it just is meant to, give, to be given away to yourself or to somebody. So you have to... It's okay to take a little time and to remember, yeah, I do care. This heart does care. It's sensitive and it cares. For sure it cares about this life. And the, 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 the more I understand that I care about this life, I realize everybody else cares about their life too. In the same way that I care about my life. And that just starts opening it up. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.